0: Well, it's so good to be here today. I want to just remind you that we are uh, beginning today our missions emphasis and our missions month. We have two missionary families with us today. And one is speaking in our Spanish church. The other is speaking in our children's church. And tonight they'll be here uh, presenting their fields. And then we'll have a fellowship meeting right after the service. And uh, sandwiches for all, steak for some, and hot dogs for others. But we'll have a great time of fellowship after the service tonight if you'll come. And um, I hope you'll meet our missionaries and encourage them along the way. And uh, I just, uh, I believe that uh, missions is our business. Uh, We're not mission-minded we believe that missions is our mind. We believe that that's what we're in a business for. And so if you'll be here tonight and throughout the month we'll have missionaries every week. And um, we uh, we love missionaries. I thought the music today was excellent. Just uh, the choir did a great job. Uh, and uh, the special was Excellent, uh, guitar playing was kind of weak, but uh, you know, what can you expect from a bunch of hillbillies, amen? In your Bible today, First Timothy chapter 3, boy, I thought last week when uh, we had that picking and grinning during the offertory, I thought that was great, uh, dear, is that the only one you know? You know another one, all right, would you learn another one, that would be great, okay, well, I'll see if I can't vote it through Woody and see if we can get that thing going all right. Great. Well, this year our emphasis, I will build my church. Folk, I believe the church of the Lord Jesus is the salt of the earth. And the reason our world is going to the left and going in the wrong direction, because the salt has lost its savor truth is now being compromised and uh, standards are being thrown out the window and um, uh, our our problem is not in washington dc our problems in the local New testament church our problem is not politicians our problem is the lack of preachers preachers that'll preach the truth and stand for truth and fight for truth and I just uh, thought uh, since the staff uh, had uh, encouraged it, I thought that would be a great theme. I will build my church today. I want to talk to you a little bit about the church and if you notice something it's it's kind of kind of close to my heart. Take your Bible if you would be first Peter I mean First Timothy chapter 3. And if you, uh, if you know anything about that chapter, you know that, that chapter is dealing with the, the pastors and the deacons and the officers in the church. And uh, chapter number one, uh, I mean verse number one says, If it is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good office. And then it goes on talking about the qualifications for a pastor or a bishop or an elder, which is the same office with different descriptive terminology that, that enlightens us as to the responsibilities of that pastor. Now, the first qualification, I fail. He should be blameless. You say, Preacher, why are you doing preaching? I'm preaching to a blameless bunch. <laughs> Amen. These are not it does not mean perfect. So, and he goes on down to the deacons, and likewise must the deacons be. So I guess we just got a church full of sinners. It's saved by grace, trying to get there by cause of God's grace, and uh, I don't think uh, I've, if you are looking for a perfect church, don't join this one. You'd burn it because you'd be the only perfect feller or lady in this place. You're welcome. So then he goes into saying, verse 14, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. That word great is the same word in the Greek we get our word mega from. And God says, I have a mega ministry I want to show you. A huge. Mystery. I want to show you and that is the mystery of godliness. Notice this now, God was manifest in the flesh. Now that is a mega ministry, mystery how that could take place. How that spirit could become flesh. Deity become human. Omniscience become just plain Omnipresent become present. Supernatural become natural. Great, mega, wonderful, spectacular. God was made flesh. That's what this is all about. Jesus Christ. Becoming flesh and dwelling among us, and we beholding His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what the church is to do proclaim, explain, and example godliness, God in flesh. And when you and I get saved, that's what you and I become. God in flesh. God in flesh. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God? You are not your own. You're bought with a price. Amen. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is God's, and in your spirit. Which are God's. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit. And when our Lord was baptized in the Jordan River, heaven opened, and the dove descended. The spirit descended in the form of a dove. And audibly for everybody to hear, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, justified in the spirit. Well, I think that's pretty good. Amen. Scene of angels. Wonder what that means. Scene of angels. Don't say he's comprehended by angels, just said he's seen of angels. He was seen around the uh around the cabinet table of God when the Holy Spirit and God the Father and God the Son all got together and worked out this marvelous plan of redemption, the angels are watching. When he became just a little bitty baby yonder in Bethlehem's manger, and yet even before when Mary was told that she would be the virgin-born mother of Jesus Christ. It was Gabriel who made the announcement. And when our Lord was born, bless your heart, it was the angels that sang in the choir that announced his coming to earth. It was the angels who warned Joseph to take the baby down to Egypt to save his life. It was the angels who attended him yonder when the devil tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. Yes, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified by the Spirit. Scene of angels. (laughs) Well, I might get to the message, I don't know. Preached unto the Gentiles or the world, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Well, what's left down here then? What's left down here to represent? the God that was manifest in the flesh and the God that was justified in the spirit and the God uh, that was preached on to the Gentiles and the, and the God that was preached into all the world and believed in, and then received up in glory. What's left down here? Oh, that's verse number 15. That's verse number 15. The, the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. What is it that represents that God that was manifest in the spirit? What represents that God that was the mystery of godliness? What represents that God that was manifest in the flesh? What represents? I declare to you today, it's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I want to talk to you today about the foundation of that church, if that would be all right with you. Here, the father of faith is writing to a preacher boy. And he says in these verses that the church, number one, is the house of God. That ought to be a little bit different than every other house. I mean, we ought to respect it a little bit more than other, uh, other houses. Is that not so? You say, all this is is brick and mortar. No, 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 listen. This is where God's family meets. This is where God meets his family. This is where we have supper time and breakfast time and dinner time. This is where God's people gather around the table of God. This is the house of God. It ought to be treated with respect. Paul said, if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God. Whatever happened to parents that teach kids how to behave in the house of God? You know, what whatever happened to those parents who teach their kids, we've got some Sunday go to meeting kind of clothes. Whatever happened to that family unit that gets dressed up to go to church instead of dressed down to go to church? How they ought to behave, they self. Uh, Kids need to know to shut up while the preacher's talking. When I was a kid, they had thumpers in church. Yeah, and kids start raising cane, and pow, hit that kid in the top of the head. It didn't do any good. It just knocked them out for an hour till the service was over. Uh, you need to teach, we need to teach the respect and reverence of God's house. It is the house of God. It is the church of the living God. It's the assembly place of God's family. The church, the manifold wisdom of God. Notice, if you would please, the descriptive term- terminology, the pillar. And ground of truth now, the church that you 're sitting in this morning is is built upon very unstable soil when we When we laid the foundation for this church we we had to drill i don 't know how many piers, brother Billy, a bunch that 's Alabama terminology saying i don 't know, neither do you preacher." But we drilled them deep down to where we got some stability. We had to treat the soil. Chemically had to treat the soil and mix it and move it. Because we wanted the foundation of the church to be steady. And, and uh, the Bible says that the church. Now notice. Is the pillar and ground of something. The pillar and ground of that which is eternally correct, unmovable, unshakable, uncompromisable, the pillar that which truth rests upon, ground, foundation. The church of Jesus Christ is the pillar and ground of stability and truth and right, and righteousness in this world. And what has happened, the devil has caused God's people to begin to minimize the importance of the church. And the devil has began to crack away at the foundation. And now most churches are resting upon shifting sands of this old world instead of the truth of God's unchangeable word. I love the church. I love the church because I believe that Christ loved the church. The Bible said that he loved the church and gave himself for it, The Bible says that he shed his blood for the church. I love the church and I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is doing all right. Amen. Now, I know that there are those folks who say the church of the Lord Jesus has failed. But now everything that's got the word church on the sign does not mean it's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. My Bible said, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the Lord's church. Are you listening? Now, I don't believe that the church that Jesus started has failed. I think a bunch of them that somebody else has started has failed. And I think they'll continue to fail. Now, the church of your choice will probably fail. But the church of his choice will never fail. You say, well, I, I just don't get anything out of the church. Well, maybe you didn't come bring anything to put it in. But now I just believe bless your heart that the forces of hell may oppose the church and I think worldliness may surround the church and shallowness may be in the church but I read a verse the other day that 2 Timothy 2 and 19 said nevertheless the foundation of God stand assured. I just believe we're in good shape I believe if our foundation is right Our pillow is right. I believe that it's going to be all right on top too. I'm not talking about the size of the church. I'm not talking about numerology. I'm talking about theology. I'm talking about Christology. I'm I'm talking about ecclesiology. I'm talking about uh, all theologies. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ is all right. You say, well... I just don't join the church because there's just so much hypocrisy in it. Well, there's room for some more. Come on. (laughs) You say, well, there's just too many cliques. Come in and form yours. That's what everybody else has done. You say, preacher, there's not any cliques in our church. Yes, there are. There's a bunch of them. And I'm not welcoming any of them. We got a click here and a click there. Oh, we just got a bunch of clickers around here. And I'll guarantee there's room for you in one of them. Come on in. Amen. 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 Have you ever wondered, what is the church? Number two, who is the, the church? Have you ever wondered, why is a church? Have you ever, those questions, where is the church? Has any of those questions ever, well, we got a, a church, North Point. Won't be long, we'll have a South Point. And of course, we'll need a West Point. And then we'll have a South Point. We're just going to stay the Center Point. And then we got the... Non-denominationals and inner denominationals and outer denominationals and uh, Southern Baptist, Northern Baptist, American Baptist, Independent Baptist, Fundamental Baptist, Free Will Baptist. Don't go to Church Baptist. <laughs> Mad at the preacher Baptist. <laughs> Grumpy Baptist. Can't smile Baptist. What's it all about? Why should these kids, why should these good, intelligent, some of them are good looking, why should these kids even bother? Why why should these young folk right here, why should they bother with church? Is church something you do just on Sunday? Or is church something you do all week long, every hour, every minute of every day. What is church? Who is church? Where is church? Why church? I know you have all those answers. I read a poem the other day. It says, a room of quiet, a temple of peace, a home of faith. Where doubt and cease. A house of comfort. Where hope is given. A source of strength. That helps us to heaven. A place to worship. A place to pray. I found all this. In my church today. Church. Why bother? Church. What is it? Let me give you two or three things I think it is. I'm going to give them to you and then I'll enumerate them because Brother Pickett said that this thing will blow in my face if I go past 12. Plastic explosion right here with a timepiece on it. Number one, let me give you this. Listen now, listen. The church is His body. And we're his members. Second, the church is his building and we're his builders. Thirdly, the church is his bank and we're his depositors. Fourthly, the church is his business and we're his missionaries. What is church? What is church? The church is his body. Romans 12, the church is his body. You and I are all of God. This heathen world looks at every day. God was manifest in the flesh. His name was Jesus Christ. He came to start another body, a visible body. That in his absence, every lost human being could see. And then become a member of another visible body, which is the church. Take your Bible, if you would please, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me please, and I can never, never, never emphasize this enough. You say, Well, preacher, you just talked about this the other day. Come back next week and I'll talk about it again. If you come back the following week, I'll also talk to you about it again. What is the church? The church is His body, and we are His members. Why should these teenagers come to church? Because they are members of Christ's body. Why should mom and dad come? They are members of Christ's body. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. I quote it for you. Christ is the head of the body, the church. Get the picture now. Christ, the head of the body. Head of the body, the church. Got that? Now look at verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You got it? Now look in your Bible. Please help me. I want you to to see this. The Bible said, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Look at this so also is Christ. He takes the human anatomy, mine and your body, and compares it to the local church, his body. Many members, one body. Many members, one body. You say, your body is not a very good looking body. Well, I'm looking at the body of Christ and it don't look real well we just all made up of individual members. Thank God everybody don't look like Clint. If they did, every mojo in town would be after him. Thank God all the members are not as feeble as me and Billy. And good looking as Garrett Ringo. All members, got it? One body. You may be an eye. You may be a tooth. You may be a hand. You may be a finger. Verse verse 13. The Bible said. For for by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentile. Whether we be bond or free. And have been all made to drink one spirit. For the body is is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, wouldn't that be something? One great big eyeball. Wouldn't that be something? Everybody would want to come to the eye to see the big eyeball. Nobody could hear it, but everybody could see. Paul said, don't be silly. Everybody can't be an eye. Everybody can't buy an ear. Everybody can't preach. Everybody can't play the piano. Everybody could sing in a choir. they just backslidden and won't. But now, verse 20, but now are they many members yet? But how many bodies? One body. Say, preacher, what is the church? The church is his body and you are his members. And the eye cannot say under the hand, I have no need of thee. How would you like to be one eye? Trying to eat. How would you knock on the door if you was one eye? The way most people figure it, God didn't know what he's doing. God knew exactly what he's doing. God gave you exactly what you got. Knowing we couldn't handle any more. And so God knows what you are. And the Bible goes on, nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. How many of you folks this morning before you came to church took your liver out and looked at it? (laughs) Said, you are the best looking liver I've ever seen. And you washed your liver real good and perfumed it real good and combed it real good. Like you did members that you put a whole lot of honor on. Now I'm glad you ladies made up this morning before you came. Because I'm looking at you. And I'm glad some of you guys brushed your hair. Put your hairspray on. But what Paul is saying is some of the members we don't put near as much attention into or more necessary than the ones that we pacify and paint and perfume up. And just because you're not in the limelight don't make you not necessary. You are necessary. And the... Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. Uh, The reason I didn't take my liver out this morning and wash it and brush it and clean it, it didn't need it. But I did the br- I did brush my teeth, and I did comb my hair, but I can do without both of them. And I'm getting more familiar with doing out with less and less every day. But now my liver—I didn't pay much attention to it this morning, but I don't believe I'll be living too long without that. See. Those members that's not seen and shown off, they are necessary. Some of those that's making a racket all the time, toot my horn, pat me on the back, comb me, brush me, shine me. You're important, but there's some folk that's really necessary. A lot of times, verse 25, verse 24, Our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, giving more abundant honor to that part which lacketh, that there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. For whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it; or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Verse twenty-two says very plainly that all members are necessary. Could I run it by all members are necessary? Wouldn't it be nice if you could have sent half of your body to play ball today and the other half of your body you sent to church? Wouldn't that be nice? That's what happens every Sunday at our church. Some of the members go one way. Some of the members go another way. Some members do their own thing. When all the members of the body ought to be... At the same place in the assembly, because in the assembly all members are necessary. You say, preacher, I'm not preaching, but you can be praying. Preacher, I'm not singing the choir, but your presence encourages those in the choir to sing. You are necessary to the nth degree in our church. You say, now, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever watched them guys playing golf and all of a sudden somebody says, For every hand in the world gets over their head. They run for the bushes. Why? Because every member is very aware and necessary for the safety of the body. Well, I don't need certain members. Did you ever pull a tooth? And for the next six months, every time your tongue wiggled, it fell right in that hole. You didn't even know that tooth was there. Necessary. Small, insignificant stuff, necessary. But now let me get you this. Every tooth is dependent upon the body for life. Every member dependent upon the body for life. If you are saved, if you are saved, your spiritual life is dependent upon the body that you are adjoined to. Well I'm doing all right outside the church. No, you're not. No, you are not, because if I take this arm and segregate it from the rest of the body, the body will suffer, but the arm will die. Useless. And the only thing wrong with our church is a bunch of useless, sorry, backslidden, God-rejecting, Bible-denying members. That's all that's wrong with our church. I don't need to go. Oh, really? Why do you come once a week then? I don't need the church. What are you doing here today? You blessing us with your presence? You making my day? Get off the rift, man. The church is the salt of the earth. The light of the world. And my Bible says, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Get off that stuff. The church not important. Get off that church. Off that business that the church is insignificant. Get off that deal. God knew he needed the church to be his representative in this world. We are God manifest in the flesh. Church is his body. We're his members. John 15 talks about the vine and the branches. Sever the vine? From the branch, does the vine die? No, the branch does. And you know what God said? Sever your relationship with the vine, sever your relationship with the body, and ye can do. Nothing. Is that about right? Wish I had time. The God is, the church is his body. We're his members. The church is his building and we're his builders. Now I want you to see this. I'm going to go, it's 12 o'clock. I'm not going to get on the bank and and the depositors because people get mad at me and I don't want people to get mad at me. God knows I would never want to make anybody mad. First Peter chapter number two and verse five. I will leave you with this, and we'll, call, we'll go. First Peter, chapter two and verse five, in reference to the church being his building, and we His builders. Look at verse 5, please, if you would, please. Look at your Bible now. How many believe your Bible? Say amen. amen. Ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Please Bear with me just a minute, would you please? Clint is not a dead stone. This building is made up of dead stone. Concrete, dead wood, steel. But the church is not made up of dead stones. It's made up of lively stones. Say amen, Clint. Amen, Clint. La- dead stones can't say that. Lively, lively, not so lively. <laughs> dead, <laughs> young. I hate it. Somebody said I wouldn't go back for nothing. Give me a chance said, I don't want to go through life again. Give me a chance. I'll do it and make the same dumb mistakes. Go to the same jail houses. Give me a chance. This church, the church of the Lord Jesus, is a living building. It's a living organism. The church is not made up of pews, but people. People that God loves. People that God died for. People that are precious and pretty. People who they ain't so pretty. (laughs) People I wish I was as pretty. Lively. The church is alive. The church is people that God lives in. God manifests in the flesh. We're lively stones, spiritual stones. Build up a spiritual building. How can you say you're spiritual if you never show up? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, I don't want to come. Come anyhow. Have you ever eaten when you really wasn't hungry? Your parents used to say, Eat it anyhow, be good for you. Come on, it'll be good for you. And one of these days you might even get to like English peas. God knows I've been trying for 72 years. And I've been eating my peas because mama said they'd be good for you. And boil carrots, boil squash, boil anything. Some of that stuff, you boil it, you get it started, you can't stop it. You just go and it go. Of course, if it decides to go the other direction, you can't stop it that way either. But it's still good for you. Come on. Be a faithful member. A lively stone built up spiritually that this church might be a spiritual building. A holy priesthood offering up sacrifices to God by Jesus Christ. Amen. What is the church? The church is his, his body, we're His members. The church is His building and we're His builders. I wish I could go on but I would, and I'll just close out. Put it up there, guys. The church is his bank and we're his depositors. Thank God for the opportunity to give. Something to let you know. This church completely operates financially on the offerings and the tithes of God's people. Any other income that comes to this church I give it away. I give it to missions. We give it to children's tuition in Bible college. We do not operate this church on any kind of monies except the tithes and offerings of God's people. Because that's God's plan and that's God's purpose. You say, preacher, I just won the lottery. What do you want me to do with it? Give the tithe. I will pay over it dedicated to God because the devil's had it long enough. Amen. 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 Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, God said. And that's how we run this church. Lastly, what is the church? The church is his business and we're his missionaries. Go into all the world preach the gospel every creature, Jesus said. How many folk believe that? Our purpose is not to feed the hungry, although we do. Our purpose is not to turn on people's lights when they're turned off, although we do. The church is not here to be the benevolent benefactor of all the community, although we are. We give. This year we'll probably give $100,000 to just benevolence people who need their cars fixed, hot water heaters fixed, dogs, no, not. Coon hunting expenses, no. But our purpose for being here is not to be a benevolent benefactor in the community. Our purpose is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to attempt with all of our ability To win every breathing individual. To a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That he might receive the glory. All do him for what he did at Calvary's tree. I just believe that the church is his business. And we are his missionaries. Soul winning ought to be our business. It was the angriest cry of Jesus over Jerusalem when he looked back and said, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Would God ye that stone the prophets? How oft I would gather thee as a hen doth gather chicks, and ye would not. I think it was the Paul's passion when he said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. For I could wish myself a curse from Christ for my brethren according to the flesh. And then he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. It was the heartbeat of Moses that day when God said, just back up Moses and I'll kill a whole rotten stinking bunch. And Moses said, Father, forgive their sin, and if not, blot my name out of the book of life. Soul winning and people being saved was the heartthrob and cry of John Knox when he stood on Scotland's shore and said, God, give me Scotland lest I die. Oh, It's the sob of parents in the night when their wayward children and the prodigals are out, and parents don't know where they are. It's the cry of little bus kids as they meet the preacher at the altar, tears streaming down their eyes. He said, "Preacher, pray for my mama and daddy. They're not saved. That's our business." That's our business. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel every creature. It's not a dress parade. It's a pep rally to get us ready To charge a hell going world with the good news of Jesus Christ. Trouble with us, most of us like two young fellows I read about courting the same sweetheart. Their names were TACT and CONTACT. One Saturday evening, TACT was on the front porch impressing the parents. And contact went around the back door and ran away with the dirt with the girl. It's time we shifted from tact to contact. Can anybody say amen? But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave in the church of God. In the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Let me ask you something. If the church is his body and we're his members, what kind of body has he got if all the members are like you? And if the church is his building, And you are the most spiritual stone that makes up the building. How much glory is he getting out of our life? And if the church is his bank and you're the most faithful tither and depositor, what kind of body does he have? And if the church is His business and you are the best soul winner and missionary in His church, how much glory is He receiving? Now let me ask you a question. How many of us believe the Bible? No, no. You're not getting away that easy. How many of us Believe the Bible. Don't you think it'd be a good time to start practicing it?